Holy Spirit, you are welcome. We ask for your presence to be with us. Speak with us in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're starting a new series that um, is titled Tried by Fire. Tried by Fire. Okay, let's wait. Now, will your faith stand the trial of the ages? Will your faith stand the trial of the ages? And besides, the two reasons why I believe the Lord wants me to share this with you guys. Two reasons. One, because we're living in a time where we are going to face great persecution for our faith. As Christians, it's, it's coming. It's the truth, okay? Even though right now it looks like we're comfortable, we have freedom of religion, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. There is a persecution coming to the church where we're going to be tried for our faith. The Bible talks about it, okay? I know all of you nice people who like to escape by the rapture, wanting to escape by the rapture are thinking that it's all going to be nice and smooth and then it will vanish and then it will get worse. Yeah, if that happens, still the Bible tells us there is going to be a time of persecution before that happens where our faith is going to be tried and tested. So that's one reason why I'm sharing this. I want all of us to be prepared in our mind about what is coming, okay? Secondly, I'm sharing it also because of our folks who are graduating, going to, yes. Is it like people might bully us or like a gun to your head kind of thing? That's what we're gonna talk about. So, those of you who are going to college, university, the Lord wants you to know that your faith is going to be tested everything you've learned, everything you've known about God, it's now going to be put to the test. It's like you're not going to sit the exams on those things. And it's very important for you to understand what you have come to believe in. So try it by fire. Will your faith stand the trial of the ages? The picture that you see there is not some just nice art drawing. It's something that actually happened. Are you aware? that this actually happened to Christians. The guys over here are Christians, and you know what they are doing? They are praying, they are saying their last prayer because they are going to be food for this guy here. And, and all these people who are there are having fun. Just like people go to a sports game to watch a game, they, ha they use this as a, as a nice game for fun where they feed Christians to beasts, wild animals. And you see, you see these poles with fire? They burn Christians as a lamp. So they use the bodies of Christians as their electricity. So they set them on fire and that provides light. So, What I'm sharing with you, I want you to give me your attention. That's why it's very short, okay? Just give me your attention for a few minutes. I don't like um, sugarcoating things, you know, and telling you guys, oh, yeah, you're youth. Uh, you have to do this. You have to do it and tell you nice stuff because you're youth. No, who cares? You think the devil cares that you're youth? The devil doesn't care that you're youth, okay? So I tell you the truth. You have to know the truth. Jesus says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So I'm going to tell you the truth, that there is a persecution coming to the church, to the body of Christ. And that's why we're studying Tried by Fire. It's not going to be a long series, maybe two or three, and we'll be done, and then we'll look at something else. Um, but this is really on my heart. So please pay attention and begin to think about what you will do when your faith 
is put to the test. All right, let's be quiet as we watch.
מזכיר עליי. As I watch this, I get emotional. We ask ourselves whenever we talk about persecution in this part of our world, one of the first things people ask is, like, are we saying they're going to come kill us? Right? But it's happening now, okay? It's happening now in Nigeria, it's happening now in China, it's happening now in Iraq, in Syria, where just because you are a Christian, you are attacked for your faith. And those of us here in North America, we are no special Christians, okay? We are no better than them. What's the difference between a Christian here and a Christian in Nigeria? Or a Christian here and a Christian in Iraq? Is it that we are living a, with a different kind of Bible that God has um, some sort of protection over us that we are never to be persecuted for our faith? It's not true. The truth of being a Christian, if you're really reading your Bible, if you start to read from the book of Acts all through and paying attention to what the Bible really says and what Jesus really talked about, you will realize that what we have come to believe in is a matter of life and death. It's not a matter of just enjoying life. You know, it's life and death. But Jesus said, if any man will come after me, who loves mother and father more than me, or loves his own life more than me, Jesus said, he's not worthy of me. Jesus said, if anyone will come after me, let him take up his cross, deny himself, and follow me. And I always say, you don't see anybody going to a party with a cross on their back. We don't take crosses to parties. We take crosses to Golgotha, or the place where people are killed, right? You see anybody carrying the cross, what it meant in those days was you are on your way to your death. And Christians, when we say we believe in Jesus, when you say that you are a child of God, when you say that you are a Christian, what you are saying is, I believe in Jesus to such an extent that nothing will make me change my confession even if it means death. Now, will all of us have to die for our faith? No. But all of us have to be prepared to face the worst for our faith without denying our faith. For some of us, it may come in different shapes and forms. It may be a friend who would make a fun of you, who would mock you. Or it may be a group of people who will determine to fight you physically because you will not go along with them. Let's see in this scripture here in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 6 to 9. The book of Pete, 1 and 2 Peter was written by the apostle Peter. Okay, before we read the scripture, let me give you a background. How many of you know Peter, the apostle, right? The disciple of Jesus Christ. You know the guy who was a fisherman, who was a sinner, and how he became a disciple. Jesus went into his boat to preach. Like Jesus needed a place to preach, right? So he said, can I use your boat? So Peter gave his boat to Jesus. After Jesus preached, Jesus told him, okay, take your boat to the sea and go catch some fish. Peter said, I have been fishing all night long. I haven't caught anything. And Peter was a professional fisherman, so he knew how to fish. So he's fished all night long. He couldn't catch anything. And Jesus comes from nowhere and says, no, take your boat out to the sea and try and catch a fish out. And Peter said, okay, but since you say it, I'll do it. So he goes and Jesus tells him, cast your net on this side. And he casts his net and boom, he has a great catch. And immediately Peter knows that there's something different about this man. And quickly he had a conviction by the Holy Spirit. He fell to his knees and said, go away from me. He said to Jesus, go away from me. I am a sinner. He realized he was sinful. And Jesus said to him, from today, I will make you fishers of men. That's where that phrase came. Jesus said to him, from today, you will catch men. So that's how Peter became saved. 
Okay. Now, fast track or fast forward from that scene down to John chapter 20. Jesus Christ had died. Now, Jesus has resurrected from the dead and has appeared to the disciples. The disciples, Peter and some of the other disciples were at sea. Okay. I see you distracted. Please don't do that. Don't do that. You're distracting others. Okay. Pay attention. So, Jesus was at the, the disciples were at the sea and Jesus appears there after his resurrection. And they see him and they sit down to Toton fish. Right? You know what Toton fish means? Okay, don't go and write Toton in your English in school. Okay? So Jesus was actually roasting the fish with them by the sea and they ate and after they ate Jesus asked Peter a question Jesus asked Peter Simon Peter do you love me now remember prior to Jesus asking this question Jesus had told Peter before his crucifixion that you are going to deny me before the cock crows you will deny me and Peter said, if all men will deny me, I will, will deny you. I, Peter, will not deny you. Okay? Jesus was telling Peter something that I'm telling you right now, if you, if you listen. Jesus was telling Peter, your faith in me, what you have said that you believe about me, is going to be put to the test. It's going to be tested. I'm going to the cross, Peter. What you have confessed with your mouth about me is going to be tested. But you are going to fail. That was what Jesus told Peter. Peter he told Peter that you are going to fail. You are going to deny me. You are going to say, I never knew, I never know Jesus. But Jesus, thankfully, Jesus said, I have prayed for you that your faith does not fail. You people going to college, university, your faith is going to be tested. Okay? It's, it's going to be put under fire. Some of you are going to almost hide your Christianity. And I pray it's not it's going to be none of you. That you shouldn't put your Christianity in a box and have this other kind of lifestyle where you go with your friends and do everything with your friends and they don't even know that you're a child of God. But then on Sunday, you pick up your Bible from your corner somewhere and then you quietly go to church. So you kind of still are going to still have your faith, but be ashamed of it. And I pray it will not be any of you, that you should be ashamed of Jesus. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because it is the power of God unto salvation. And so Peter denies Jesus three times. And after Peter had denied Jesus, he realized what he had done. He cried. The Bible said he wept bitterly. And so now Jesus has resurrected from the dead. Peter already realized, I have failed my master. I have failed Jesus. Jesus still comes to Peter at this seashore to turn the fish. And Jesus looks straight at Peter who had denied him. And Peter swore, had sworn that I don't know Jesus. Jesus now looks straight in his face and says, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? I don't know how you would feel after you had denied someone for that person to ask you, do you love me? You know, it's, it's a kind of feeling you would have that it's hard to explain unless you are in that specific example or, or scenario. Peter had denied Jesus. He had sworn, I will not deny him. But he had denied him, not once, not twice, three times. And now this same Jesus, whom Peter had denied, looks straight in his face and says, Peter, do you love me? I think Jesus was trying to tell Peter something, that the reason you denied me was because your love for me was not strong enough more than your love for your own life. You know, there are different kinds of love. The way you love your dog is not the same way you love your sister or your brother. And it's not the same way you love your pizza 
And it's not the same way that you love your own life. When you say you love Jesus, you love God, how does it compare to your love for your own life? Jesus said, if anyone will follow me, who loves their own life more than they love me? Jesus said, you are not worthy of me. You want me to say that again? Jesus says, if anybody loves their own life more than they love me. So in other words, he's not saying it's wrong to love your own life. And actually, he told us, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So you have to love yourself so that you can love your neighbor, right? Because if I hate myself, how am I going to love my neighbor, right? So I have to love myself to love my neighbor. So Jesus is not saying don't love yourself. He's saying if your love for yourself is more than your love for me, you are not worthy to be my disciple. This is, I didn't write the Bible. Did I write the Bible? Do you see my name in the Bible? No, I didn't write the Bible. I'm just telling you what is in the Bible. And so Jesus looks at Peter and asks him, Peter, do you love me? Jesus was trying to draw Peter's attention to the real love that Peter is supposed to have. And it's not a love for himself that is more than his love for Jesus. Because Peter loved himself, he denied Jesus. He didn't want to associate with Jesus in the moment when Jesus was going to be killed. How about us? At what moment in our life, in your life, will you pretend to not know Jesus? What will push you to the corner for you to behave as though you never knew Jesus? Yes. So if, okay, this, I'm not saying this like, for me, but I'm just saying in general. Like, if like, like um, someone were to like, um, deny him, like deny God, like, and ask, like, would, if they ask God for forgiveness after, would he forgive them? Or like, would they like instantly go to hell like after? Mm-hmm. Okay, but what, it's, not the, it's not the rapture yet, but it's your faith, your faith is being tested. So if I denied God and I asked him for forgiveness after, like cried my heart out, no, the example of Peter teaches us that even after you have denied Jesus, if you are fortunate and you are still alive, right? That's the, that's the great if. If you are fortunate and you are still alive, hello. Hi. Oh. Come see, sit, take a seat. What's your name? Natalie. Natalie. Natalie, you're welcome. So, if you are still alive, you still have a chance. You see, as long as you are alive, no matter what sin you have committed, you always have a chance to come back to God. If you find repentance. That's the, that's the thing. If you find repentance. Did you know that Esau wept bitterly and yet he didn't find repentance after he sinned? That's for another day. If you read Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible tells us, Esau wept bitterly, but he never found repentance. Until you find repentance, your sin will not be forgiven. And that finding repentance comes from the Holy Spirit. Okay? Let's not get so much into that. The point here is, Peter, Jesus asked him, do you love me? And he says, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus didn't stop there. Jesus asked him a second time, Peter, do you love me? And Peter replied and said, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus didn't stop there. Jesus asked Peter a third time. And this time he adds something to it. He says, Peter, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? What Jesus was doing was he was comparing the love that Peter had for him with other loves that he has. Whoever you are, There are other things you love in your life. Besides yourself, yourself is number one. You love yourself. 
Who here doesn't love themselves? Everybody loves themselves. The, the one, one way you can tell if you really love yourself is if I pinch you. If I pinch you now, will you react? Right? Or you'll just be there. Nah, I don't care. I'm hurting, but I'm not going to react. I'm not going to cry, even though I'm hurting. I don't like my body, so it's okay to hurt. If I get a knife and I try to cut off your finger, right? If you don't love your body, you'll just say, hey, hey, yeah, yeah, go ahead, cut it, cut it. Who will do that? Nobody. Because we all love our bodies, right? We all love our lives. But we also love other people in our lives. We love our siblings, we love our parents, we love our friends. We also love other things in our lives. Some of you love your phones. And you love um, some events that you go to or some TV programs. You love things. Now, Jesus Christ is saying to Peter, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? What God wants from you and from me is not just that you will love him. Jesus is not simply after your love, Isaac. Jesus is after your love that is more than every other love that you have for anything. What is it that is preventing you from getting deeper with God? Is it your phone? Is it friends? As long as anything prevents you from going deeper with Jesus, you are not loving him more than those things. And so this same Peter, when Jesus had said that, do you love me more than these? Peter said, Bible said Peter was troubled. It, it, it hurt him that Jesus that for three times was asking him the same question. And so he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Jesus was telling Peter, if you love me, there is something I want you to do. To show your love. And so we see Peter writing this to the church. This is the same Peter who denied Jesus. The same Peter who Jesus asked three times, do you love me? Now he gets on the chance and he's writing a letter to the sheep that Jesus told him, feed my sheep. And Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 6 to 9. Michaela, read for me. In this he greatly rejoiced. Go now for a little while have been grieved by great various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, who, having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you would rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen. Now, I want you to take a Closer look at this scripture, okay? Get into the mind of Peter who is writing this. This is somebody who had been challenged by his love for Jesus. That it needed to be more than other loves. And he's writing to them and he says, For, an, for, for a little while you have been grieved by various trials. And he's saying the trials that you have been grieved by, it's to test the genuineness of your faith. When we say something is genuine, you know what it means? You know, there's genuine and what? Fake. Right? Genuine leather. Have you heard of genuine leather? And there's faux leather. You guys don't know faux leather and genuine leather? Because you've not, bought, you've not started to buy couches yet. When you, when, you, when you start to decorate your home, you'll buy couches. There is faux leather. Faux leather is fake leather. And then there is genuine leather. Right? So genuine is something that is true real, original. And the opposite of original, genuine, is what? Fake. And Peter is saying, the reason for trials is to test the genuineness of their faith. How many of us believe in Jesus? Show by hand. Right. If we ask the same question to everybody in the church, all the hands will go up. Now, do you think God can be fooled by hands that go up. No. No. If you were to ask everybody right now, who wants to go to heaven? 
all hands will go up. Do you think God can be fooled by hands that go up? No. The genuineness of your faith, the genuineness of what you say, your confession, will be tried, will be tested. Are you, are you listening? So if I, it is easy for me to say, I believe in Jesus. Very easy. It is another thing when there is a gun to my throat or to my head. I keep saying throat. <laughs> there's, it's another thing when there's a gun to my head that's, and, the, and the person says, do you believe in Jesus or not? If you say yes, I pull the trigger. If you say no, I let you go. Are you listening? Now, in that scenario, what I said with, with my mouth that I believe in Jesus is being tested. Whether what I said, I truly believe it. Do you get it? Because it's not what you say that really saves you. It's what you truly believe in your heart. And what you really believe in your heart, nothing will make you change it. Do you get it? Nothing. If you, re if you truly believe something, if you truly believe something, nothing will make you change your mind about it. And so Peter tells them, the genuineness of your faith, now he says, it's much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire. Now, gold, you know how gold is made? They take it, if you see raw gold, you may even just throw it away because it's literally sand or dirt. That's real gold. It's like dirt. They mine it from the ground, so it's in the ground, dirty, whatever. But gold, for it to be valuable, they take that debt and pass it through fire. You know why? Because everything that's dead will not stand fire. And as it goes through the fire, all the crappy stuff gets burned away. And then the real gold, which cannot be burned by fire, because real gold cannot be burned by fire, right? The real gold, which cannot be burned by fire, now stands out and it's purified. And so... Our faith is like gold. The genuineness of your faith is proven when it is passed through fire. That is why before Jesus comes, and this is the truth I want you to realize, before Jesus comes, there is going to be a global persecution of a Christian church. And this is not the first time, this is not the first time that it has happened. So don't let anyone begin to deceive you that, oh, it's not going to happen, uh, it's going to happen after the rapture. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen after the rapture, but it's also going to happen before the rapture. Okay? Because it's not the first time that it has, it has happened. And this series, Tried by Fire, I will be taking you through history. I'll be taking you through people like you and I who have come to believe in Jesus right, who were challenged and tested for our faith. Why? Why am I teaching you this? Is it so that I can scare you? You think, you think I'm interested in scaring you guys? No, not at all. Not at all. I'm teaching you this so that you will realize that, number one, those of us here where we are not being persecuted, we are very blessed. Okay? You have to appreciate the great blessing that we have right now. That there are some people in Nigeria, as we watch, who are being burnt alive for their faith. There was one video somebody sent me on WhatsApp. This woman who was being beaten by sticks, and they actually covered her with sticks and burnt her alive. Why? Because she's a Christian. That is so crazy. In Nigeria today. So I'm teaching you this so that you will realize that right now, hey guys, hey guys. I want you to realize that right now, 
We are so blessed. God's been so good to us. Okay, that's number one. And then number two, I want you to realize that whatever it is that you are going through or you may go through for your faith is nothing to be compared with what other people are going through for their faith. I mean, some friends will, will, will ditch you, so what? Others are being shot for their faith. And so, just standing up for your faith in Jesus, for some friends to say, we don't want you as a friend because of your faith. And you are just um, shaken by that, and so you want to deny Jesus so you can have friends. What kind of Christian are you? Do you get it? So, the reason I am sharing this with you is for you to begin to see how that, what is it that we are going through here in North America? It's literally nothing compared to what others are going through. And be prepared, even if we should go through the worst, that we will stand strong for our faith. So, Peter says, their faith is tested by fire. Now, look at the verse 8. He says, whom having not seen, you do what? You love. Whom having not seen, you love. Peter was remembering the conversation he had with Jesus. Are you listening? He was remembering that conversation he had with Jesus when Jesus constantly was asking him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Now, Peter knew. He, Peter had seen Jesus. How many of you have seen Jesus? No, that's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. All right, listen. Hello? So, Peter was saying to these guys, I saw him. I ate with him. He spoke with me. He asked me if I loved him. Three times. But you guys, you haven't seen him, yet you love him. Isn't that powerful? You know, when we get to heaven, do you know that those of us living in our generation today who have not seen Jesus and yet we believe in him, do you know our reward is greater? Amen. Because it takes greater faith to have not seen something but you believe it. And there is reward for greater faith. It takes greater faith that you have not seen Jesus but you are willing to die for him. When Peter the Apostle, and later we'll see how Peter died for Jesus. When Peter the Apostle died and was crucified for his faith, he gets a reward for that. But this young lady whose father was shot, that man gets a greater reward because he had not seen Jesus. And yet he believed to the point of death. Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13, verse 9. But watch out for yourselves, for they will deliver you up to councils, and you will be beaten in the synagogue. You will be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. When they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand, or premeditate. Premeditate what you speak. For whatever is given you in that hour, speak that. For it is not who you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Now brother, now brother will betray brother to death, and the father his child. And children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures, endures to the end shall be saved. Amen. Amen. Now, it's a matter of whether you believe the Bible or you don't. Okay? Now, if you believe the Bible and you believe Jesus Christ tells us the truth, this is Jesus Christ speaking. And he's saying, watch out for yourselves. Now, if you're walking, you're walking down the road and I scream, watch out. Right? Would you just still carry on? Will you? If you're going down the road and I scream, Michaela, watch out. What will, you, what will be your reaction? Right. You, you would do something because when I say watch out, it means there's something ahead of you that if you don't pay attention, you continue along, 
you might be surprised. Right? Uh, Jesus is speaking to them, and he's telling them, watch out, princess. Watch out for yourself. Why? Because they will deliver you up, and you will be beaten. Okay? And you'll be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony to them. And he says, when they arrest you, means we will be what? Arrested. So, a question for you. If, assuming, we are arrested because we are Christians, and we are beaten because we are Christians, should we be surprised that that happens to us? Because we were warned. Right? Jesus is saying, when that happens, don't even try to premeditate what you would say when you are brought to the court to defend your faith. Because in that hour, whatever you say will come from the Holy Spirit. Now, if the Holy Spirit will be there with us, when do you think this is going to happen? After the rapture or before the rapture? Okay. Now, the point that I want to highlight to all of us is there is persecution coming to the body of Christ. Okay? And you and I, what do we have to do? We have to begin to ask ourselves that question. What do I love more than Jesus? Because if you love anything more than Jesus, your faith will fail the test. If you love anything more than Jesus, your faith will fail the test. Let's look at this scripture in Hebrews. Let's go. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, punched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of the weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead ways to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting their deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, were slain with the sword, they wandered about in the sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all of these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Amen. Now, we're going to take it again. I want you to read it slowly. Verse 32, and I'll, I'll, I'll be pausing you and talking. So, go. And what more shall I say? Mm -hmm. For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, mm -hmm. who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mountain lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of the weakness were made strong. Okay, so how the people, how were people able to stop the mouth of lions, quench the violence of fire? How were they able to do that? By faith. We said, who through faith, not through machine guns or through whatever. It was through faith. Okay, what's that faith? That belief. In Jesus Christ. Remember what I told you. What, you. what you truly believe in your heart is what is going to be tested. And if what you truly believe in your heart is true, is genuine, it will stand the test. No matter what it is. Now these people were, oh, there was a time in Christians who were going to go through it in this series, where everything was nice and peachy like we have it today. Okay? And then all of a sudden, it changed. It was persecution. People were being killed for their faith. But their faith 
was true. The reason I'm highlighting this is it's so easy for you to be coming to the youth church, following mom and dad and coming to church, but not have a true faith of your own. It's very easy. You just come along, but you yourself, you don't have your own faith in Jesus Christ. But what you really need is not the faith of mom or dad. You need your own faith in Jesus for it to stand the test. Let's, let's go on to verse 35. So others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Their faith was so strong that even when they were being offered relief, they're saying, you know what, just deny Jesus and we will stop torturing you. They were like, no, keep torturing me. I am not going to deny Jesus. It was out of their strong faith. The question I have for you is, you are not being tortured. No lions have been let out loose on you. What is making you not to go all out for Jesus? What is making you not to go deeper with God? What is making you to just relax and just sit on the fence? And what will you do then if the season should change and we are to actually go through real persecution? If right now that we don't have persecution, you are not spending the time to deepen your faith in God and to be serious with God and to get to know Jesus for yourself so that when things get difficult, you'll be able to fall back on that faith and say, I am not denying my Jesus. Let's watch this video and then we'll close. This happened with the Islamic State two years ago. I start start talk about my story. To run its Iraq campaign, ISIS has been targeting Christians. That's why many have fled here to the safety and protection of northern Iraq. ISIS always they were telling to our infidels uh, if you want to stay, you have to convert or pay taxes or we have to kill you. They coming escape from Mosul, from Sinjar, and coming here like refugees. This is the country just marred by violence. No one believed in forgiveness, the only one believed just Christian. We are Christian from, you know, the first century. As a people, we are proud as, you know, Iraqi and Christian. We are suffering not just a couple of years ago. ISIS is just one face of the devil. We are facing with the same devil 14 centuries ago. Muslim very well. One time they blew up my church. They attacked me and was uh, during the, the mass. One time I got shot in my leg. Still the bullets in, in my leg, the left. And I've been kidnapped for nine days. It was Sunday after the morning mass. I was kidnapped by one of the militia. They were armed with a Kleshnikov and immediately opened the window and they say, if you are going to, to do anything, we will shoot you immediately. They opened the door and they told me, they told me, take this and cover your eyes. If you are going to open your eyes, we'll put bullets in your head. When we arrive, 
I don't remember what happened, but I, when I wake, I, I found a lot of blood. He, he broke my, my noise. And I hear one of them say, bring me the, the hammer. I just feel something hit me in my face. So I realized that one of the teeth is in my, my mouth and the blood. And he told me, don't be worried. You have many teeth, and you have all the night. They used to put the pistol in my head, and every time, click, click, click. It's better to finish it. Because suffer itself does mean you are dying every minute. After nine days, they released me. I remember when I reached our church, I saw the priest, he was outside. When he hugged me that time, I started crying. And he told me, never mind, you are okay. To me, I forgive them. That forgiveness is the gate to understand what's been the grace of God. Because to let the grace transfer from generation to generation, if not, that means the pain and the hate will close the way to the grace of God. We have to take care about kids. They are the future. The Islamic State, the ISIS, they destroyed all our villages and houses. Now we became one house. They destroyed all our churches. Now we became one church. So thank you. Because Jesus united us again. We are still that salt in the food. Without us, it's gone. Without forgiveness, that's me asking for revenge will be acceptable. Forgiveness, that's me. So far. So, what I am asking you, it is to forgive them. We have to forgive. John chapter 16, verse 1 to verse 4. Anel, read for me. No. They will put you out of your synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God's service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I've told you, that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you. Amen. These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. Now what's going to happen before Jesus comes? One of the things Jesus said, there's going to be a great falling away. What he meant is a lot of people who come to church are going to deny him. They're going to say, we don't know him. They're going to be offended and forget about him. A great falling away, it's in the Bible, before Jesus comes. How that is going to happen is people are going to be offended and made to stumble right you know we talk about god is here to make you happy give you a good life and da, 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 da. so what happens if that doesn't happen right it's like god has failed me why am i suffering why am i sick and god is not healing me why am i not getting a job why am i failing my exams why did my Sibling had to die. God forbid that happens to any of you. But my sibling died. And I didn't get mad at God. Bad things still happen to good people. Right? We live in a broken world. The worst could happen. What will make people stumble is when the worst happens to them, they're like, God failed me. Jesus is saying, no, that's why I'm telling you before it happens. So that 
You will not be made to stumble. He's saying there's going to come persecution. This is Jesus saying, they will put you out of the synagogues. A time is coming, Jesus said, that those who kill you will think they are doing God's service. Isn't that what ISIS thinks? Isn't that what Boko Haram thinks? Jesus said, a time is coming when, when people kill you, they will think they are doing God's service. That's what Jesus said. And it's happening right now, isn't it? It's happening right now. And Jesus is saying, if you look at verse 3, these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. Jesus is saying, those people will do that because they don't know him, Jesus. And that is why we don't have to bear any grudge against them. You see the man, he said, we forgive. Because they don't know. We'll look at, next week we'll look at Stephen, how he was killed for his faith. And we'll see how he even prayed for those who were killing him. Stephen. Bible Stephen. Right? And verse 4 it says, But these things I have told you that when the time comes, when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. I'm telling you that time is coming. It's already come for other people in the world. It's already come many years ago for China. It's already come in Nigeria. It's already come in Syria. It's already come in Iraq. It's already come in Indonesia, it's already come in many, many other areas of the world, in India, where Christians are being persecuted because they are Christians. Will it come to North America? I believe it will. Will it come in the same way? I don't think so, but it will come in whatever way it comes. Right now, right now, the way we have it now is we're being persecuted for our stand against the gay-lesbian agenda. Right? You say anything against gay lesbians, you're getting into trouble. You're going to jail. Right? But that's what God says. And we have to speak what God says. And if you get into trouble for what God says, so be it. Right? But it will take a different shape and form for you in your generation when you go to college, when you go to university, you will face persecution in a refined way. That you have to stand strong and not deny Jesus. And not hide your Christianity. Not try to fit in as though Jesus Christ doesn't even exist in your life. Don't. Because Jesus will remind you like he spoke to Peter and looked in his face. Do you love me? more than these let's pray any question before we pray have you have you learned something it's God spoken to you so don't miss don't miss this series it's not a long series maybe next week might be the last one or we might do one more after but I'll just quickly show you throughout history to now that nothing's really changed about Christianity Christianity has always been about being persecuted. Christianity has always been about carrying your cross. It comes in different shapes and forms, and we in North America are very privileged, very much blessed, and I want us to see that blessing and let it boost our faith to devote ourselves to God. As I close, I want to close by saying this. How can you show your love for Jesus? How can you really show Jesus that now that you don't have a gun to your head, now that you are not being given to the animals, how can you right now really show Jesus that you really love him? What excuse do you have for not devoting yourself to God's work in the youth church? There's, there are things we need to do in this youth church. Many things that I want us to do for Jesus. It's not for me. You think this church is for me? It's not for me. Right? That we need to do here in a way that Jesus will be glorified. Other people coming to the youth church will get in and encounter Jesus. What can you do to make that happen? Would you sit on the fence and say, I'm too busy. I'm on my phone. I need to go with friends. I need to do this. I need to do that. If when lions are not chasing you, you cannot follow Jesus. 
What will you do when lions start chasing you? Let's pray. Close your eyes and talk to God. Close your eyes and talk to God. I want you to talk to God yourself, okay? Talk to God yourself. Jesus is speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. I'm going to ask everyone here to do something in the youth church. Everybody has to do something. Nobody is going to sit on the fence. Everybody has to do something. Whatever it is, I want you to talk to Jesus and say, Jesus, whatever it is, help me to devote myself to you, to really love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, to not have anything in my life that I love more than you, Jesus. Talk to God. Talk to God. Close your eyes, guys. Close your eyes and talk to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Parado shiki mahatayas. Ze farabo skimandolo bosiki adabahayas. Bere dola basanda labandos. Jeski varalabakiliatos. I ask that you all be on your feet. Be on your feet. I want to pray for you. Berelelemo. Guys, I want you to be serious. Shh. Be serious now. The Holy Spirit is here. Close your eyes as we pray. I feel the presence of Jesus here right now. Jesus wants to give you strong love for him. Strong love for him. So if you're here and you want, I'm not asking for everybody to raise their hand, okay? So please don't raise your hand if you're, you don't really want what I'm asking. Don't raise your hand if you, uh, I'm only asking for people who you really in your heart right now as I'm talking, you sense that you want a strong love for Jesus. A love that is greater than any other thing in your life. You really sense it in your heart. I want this thing. I want you to raise your right hand wherever you are. Again, I'm going to say it again. I don't want everybody to raise their hand. If you're raising your hand, I want you to really mean it in your heart. God is not interested in numbers. I'm saying it again. If you want that love, like you are saying in your heart, I really want this deep love for Jesus, greater than any other, any other thing in my life. Raise your right hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You see the hands that are raised right now. Let there be a divine impartation of love for Jesus, like fire. Let it enter your heart like a fireball. Passionate love for Jesus. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. I release it into your heart like fire. I release it now in the name of Jesus. Strong love for Jesus that comes from the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, receive it now. Passionate love. Carabesco fesombre dilas. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. Passionate love for Jesus. Zibo skivasito la munda secre delelelebaya. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. Passionate love for Jesus. You will not deny Jesus. You will stand strong for Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Father, I've delivered your word that you gave me for these ones. Because you said that a persecution is coming and we need to be prepared. Lord, I've spoken your word to them. I pray 
that this word will be like fire in their hearts. Like fire in their hearts, Lord. As they go from here, that the word will continue to ring in their spirit. When they lie down to sleep, when they wake up to go to school, let your voice constantly be heard in their hearts. Do you love me more than these? Stir up passionate love in their hearts. Those who are going to college, university, may they not forget you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray for this youth church, Lord. Give us fiery love for you that nothing can quench, not even death. Thank you, Lord. Lift up your hands as I bless you. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace from today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's, let's sit down. Hallelujah. God's done something to everyone here. Even, even those who didn't raise your hands. Jesus did something to your hearts. Amen. Because Jesus really loves you more than you even know. Hallelujah.